We're back for another week with Ashnault. Um, this has been fun. There's been a lot of requests to keep having us on. So as long as people are into it and gives them a little bit of break, right, we'll just keep doing it. It's pretty cool to kind of talk with the fans, talk to you, catch up with you, see what you're doing, a lot of good things. And, of course, we're going to have Edgar on. How you been? I'm, I'm doing good, man. I'm excited to hear from Edgar, see what he's been up to, how he's adapting to this kind of situation. But, uh, you know, for me, he was – one of my role models, someone I still look up to. So I'm super excited to have him on, but uh, I've been good. I've been just hanging, working out once a day, cooking good food up for dinner and just kind of laying low, man. Yeah. It's been, uh, it's been pretty clear, right? There's been no, maybe the country, there's been a little, little bit of action, maybe opening some States up, getting back. You could see the curve starting to flatten here a little bit. Not that I'm a doctor. I'm not trying to be a doctor, but it looks like hopefully we're about to, uh, maybe turn the corner on this thing and, and have some, some more action. I know you got to probably be a little bit fired up about that, right? Oh yeah, man. I'm just excited. I want to get back to grinding with uh, the Rutgers guys, all, all the guys I train with and some of the guys that are home for summer from other schools, man, like just exciting time uh, as a wrestler when the trials were coming up for my wrestling, man, to just cut that off out of nowhere is tough. So um, just trying to adapt and, have creative ways of working out and kind of trying to match what, what we were doing at Rutgers at home. Yeah. It's uh, this is going to be interesting because you and you and Frankie come from such a, a, a different, right. Different background, I guess, if MMA and wrestling is really, really different, but a really similar background. So, you know, for the listeners out there, he joined us right when we started, right when I got the job, coach Leonardis and myself, we got on called Frankie and, Got him on board with Rutgers Wrestling when he was first starting out fighting. Uh, he was with us every single day, so it was really, really cool. I think even before Billy got there, yeah. he was with us every single day that first couple of years and even coached at the IWA tournament and brought Winston in. When Winston came in, Frankie was with those guys, so it was pretty cool. And then he just got so big and blew up. And, man, I use him on every recruiting talk I talk about, Frankie, and you know because you've been in so many of these conversations – a part about being selfish, right? Uh, I always think about Frankie as being such a selfish athlete in a good way, yeah. meaning it's a it's it's about his training and nothing would ever get involved in his training. I remember him having kids and he's been training and uh, now a wife. He has obviously a wife and three kids, and but it, training never took a back seat. And I just I know you looked up to him. I certainly looked up to him, and and obviously I'm a lot older than him and coached against him, uh, but coached with him and just was awestruck on how he trained and how hard he trained and just his mindset and belief. So I can't wait to get, get in on some of that with him and see where he's at with everything. Yeah, man, me too. I, I agree hundred percent with you. Um, he's almost got like that Soriano effect when he comes in the room, like it's real serious. It's like, you just, he brings another level of intensity. That's that just a lot of high level athletes can't match. So, it, um, that's the best part about him, his energy, uh, his will to never quit, man, get get knocked down seven times, stand up eight, man. That's his mentality. I love it. Uh, definitely something we all try to em emulate a little bit. Yeah, I remember he uh, – I think it might have been Maynard. I don't know if it was the first fight, the second. He's had so many fights with that guy, and he's had so many big fights. I kind of get him mixed up, but obviously it was the epic fight where he kind of got tagged and was out cold and just taking a beat and, and then came back and won. And I remember going into practice the next day. I'm like, you think you're hurting? You you don't you don't want to train today? You think like it's tough? 
you, you see what happened last night. And back then we all watched his fights, right? Yeah. We all watched his fights. And, and uh, I just remember, man, he, like, forget that you're a little nicked up and you're a little injured. This guy is on a whole nother world. So we, we got to start and he's training with us. So you, you got to take something from it. Right. Yeah. No. And he's like the hardest worker in the room in any room I've been in too. So it's uh, just his work ethic, man, goes a long way. He's, he's um, pretty, pretty late in a, in a career to be a wrestler and then go right into MMA career. Um, it shows that his work ethic has, has show, shows for that man. Like, goes a long way he's willing to put the work in he's willing to do what he's got to do to keep his body right at that age and um he's still at the top of his game i have no doubt he's going down to 135 that he could be the champ there still um is it it's it's crazy man this guy's been doing it for so long and we're tight with him so obviously we always think he's going to win uh but it's funny you're like he's still at the top of his game and, and when you get to his age right he should be Kind of like I, my wife and I sit and watch the fight. I can't watch his fights with anybody, right? Yeah. There's always these watch parties and, hey, Goody, let's all get together. Let's watch Edgar. I have to be by myself with my wife and we sit and watch it. And I'm just like, I hope that's it. I hope he ends it just because I love, you know, I love him. I don't want to, and it's such a violent sport, but he's doing so well with it. And we've been, we've actually been ringside for a bunch of them and, yeah. and they're pretty special to watch. But, I, you know, I don't, we're going to find out today, you know, how far or at least that we hope. Maybe he lets us in on how much longer he plans on going. For sure, for sure. Um, when we we got to remind some people, right, that on this fan line here, you could join us face-to-face by going in the FanCred app, going to the on-air section, uh, and pressing that green fan line button while watching the show. That's a way to join us. And if you just want to add comments, throw those in. Any questions you have for Anthony or Frankie. Yo, just real quick before it comes on, I watched it last night. Uh, that was awesome, man. I was – I. Jumped on a little bit where you were on with Coach Cordova. That was pretty deep, pretty good. You do a good job. And he asked some good questions. So I kind of – I enjoy listening to a little bit different. I mean, I know you get a lot of questions somewhat similar, but the, he, he was outside the box on a bunch of them. Yeah, man. I, he he does his homework, you could tell, and he's into it. He had you on, man. He had me on. He had Frankie on. He had some really good guys on, high-quality coaches, Yanni, Sebastian, Rivera. So I expected uh, high-quality questions, but – um, I didn't expect it to go an hour and a half. My phone died like an hour 25 in. Yeah. Me and Seabass both embarrassing a little bit, but. No, you got to get back on there. Yeah, you got to get back on there. I kind of knew he said it might go. On, on Simmons' phone and it wasn't connecting properly. My face was just frozen. So it was like, oh, double whammy. Just yeah. <laughs> so that must have been towards the end. Well, the first hour was awesome. Thank you, man. The first hour was awesome. Mike in the comments, since Corrente won't be at RU next season, who are the candidates to fill 97? There'll be a lot of candidates. There'll be some guys moving up, you know. Uh, and there's all, you know, I got a lot of emails and texts about it. There's a lot of reasons why people leave, right? Maybe it's not for everyone. And this has nothing to do with Matt, but just to avoid getting all these questions on why Matt left. There's a lot of people that have transferred from Rutgers and for a lot of different reasons. And wrestling's a short window, man. And the one thing these guys want is – you know, they want to know they're going to be the guy. So if they if they don't think they're going to be the guy, maybe they leave. Again, this has nothing to do with Matt, but there's a lot of reasons for people leaving. It's not all wrestling. Uh, maybe it's academically. Maybe it's socially. There's a lot of different reasons. So we will have a guy at that weight. I can guarantee you that. We're doing a good job of recruiting that weight. Uh, we will have some uh, some guys moving up in that weight. And you can read between the lines, right, Ant? I mean, you should be able to read between the lines on that, I think. I mean, what's the public information? He lost. He lost wrestle offs this year in both spots. You know, 
So maybe yeah. maybe he feels he's not going to be the starter. So that's that's on him. If uh, he feels he needs to go to a different spot and he wants to be the starter, that's his ultimate goal. Then it is what it is. You know, we're trying. We're yeah, trying, I don't. We're trying to create a championship culture. You know, like sometimes those losses are, they hurt, but um, sometimes it could be better long term. Yeah. Yeah, like I said, it's a short window, and you want to know that you're going to be able to wrestle. And maybe he didn't feel, you know, it was hard for him and Pagano because, uh, you know, Pagano didn't wrestle off at the beginning of the year. Then he entered tournaments, uh, and that that's always a tough situation for us. We don't really like to do wrestle offs, and then you know it's always about who's performing, and that's kind of where Jordan took it. He started really winning a lot. Maybe Matt felt a certain way, but again, that's for everybody. It always gets hard towards the end of the year, and. Uh, that's part of it. That's part of wrestle offs. That's part of the spot. So for sure, for sure. Uh, I people hope. want to know what goes into a red shirt decision. You know, for you, that's the one thing that was kind of the not an ultimatum, but you're like, listen, I want a red shirt. That's part of the deal for us to land you, right? We we're gonna have to redshirt you, which is every kid's different. You're a five percent or you're a blue chipper, so it's a little bit different. Uh other guys want to wrestle right away, and that's part of the deal. If they're the guy, we want to know we can wrestle right away. A lot of it is growth and development. The big question will be pause, right? Should we, uh, you know, I've already heard, are you going to make the same mistake? Blah, blah, blah. Listen, if pause is ready to go and wants to go, uh, we probably will do some things different with him. Start with some open tournaments and see where he's at. But every individual is different. Every individual is different. And Kenny Theobald, who ended up being All-American, redshirted as a junior. So his situation was different. Del Vecchio's was different. Um, He was an All-American. So Every single guy is different. It's a case by case scenario, and that's really how we go about it. I got a I got a comment from Rob. Um, what's the situation with Soriano now that Olympics have been postponed? I think it's the same situation. I mean, I think you're still just waiting, waiting this thing out with him, right? Haven't heard much. I'm sure he's trying to compete for Team USA when the trials do get announced and when it comes around. His goal was to make the Olympic team. Uh, my, yeah, and I, you my, did a great job of handling that last night. So that's that's just the truth, right? You and I are in a both spot. We don't know what he's going to do. We don't even know if the NCAA is going to give another Olympic redshirt for guys. They may. So he may have that option too, take another Olympic redshirt. Um, so, yeah, right now he's waiting, waiting this out a little bit to see when the trials are, to see what the virus is going to do, to see does he have to come back whatever the case might be. So we are absolutely up in the air. The last I spoke to him was, yeah, he planned on Rutgers as part of the equation, of course, but he wants to see how trials and this virus play, play out. So that's the best way for me I can answer it. Yeah. I mean, it would be awesome to have him back and have a national contender, champion contender right away. But uh, it's kind of what Nick wants to do as well. Yeah. Yeah, and he's put a lot of time in. I know you got a chance to speak to him at Big Tens. He's been all over, whether it be Russia, Italy. Um, I got to think those opportunities, I mean, you should expand on that a little bit more. Those opportunities are probably pretty cool. You know, you get to get a different feel, get to see some different people, how they train, how they live, what they're eating. Where, where are you at with that? I, I like it. I liked it a lot. Um, I've been, I've been able to go to Hungary for the university championships. That wasn't more, that was more competition than training. But still, just getting out of your comfort zone for a competition. And I've been to the Pan Am Championships twice at senior level, once at cadet level. Um, I went to Kazakhstan for 15 days, which was like the only training trip I did. And my impression was like it was great to get out there. But um, 
I mean, I, I didn't, I went 15 minutes away from, for college. So like being in Kazakhstan where it was third world for 15 days, um, it wasn't, it wasn't like for me, I, I didn't want to do it again right away. I wasn't like, sign me up again. Let's go to Russia from here and take another 15 days. I was ready to come home. Um, so for me, I think it's gotta be a little more spread out and strategic, but I would love to, man. I gotta, I gotta do more where I'm getting out of my comfort zone. A lot of, a lot of my decisions have been made around comfort. So, you know, in order to grow, sometimes you got to expand a little bit. So we got coach, if you're up for reminiscing, you chat about superstars competition, your wrestlers had with Freddie Hill hoops guys a few years back. How tough are the wrestlers? Yeah, that was a, we practice. Remember, I don't know, Ant, if you did much of it, but outside and, and Frankie's backstage, so we'll bring him on in a second here, which we're fired up for. But we used to practice. We worked out. We did those gladiator workouts uh, with the with the basketball team when Winston was there. I remember that because they were bringing in this kid Rosario, who was the number one New Jersey basketball player in the state, and we had Scotty was coming in, the number one. Uh, wrestler in the state. So we wanted to get those guys together, hanging out around campus. So we decided to work out with the team, man. We did some crazy stuff on the outside of College Ave during a football recruiting weekend. So there's all these tailgaters and we were putting each other in wheelbarrows, just doing crazy shit with these guys. And, you know, kind of, this is how we train. This is what we do. And, you know, some of those, those hoops players were like, damn, what is going on here, man? (laughs) But I remember those days we kind of, we were trying to break them, and our wrestlers were fired up like, this is what we do, you know, and it was pretty, pretty cool. I just remember those days pretty vividly. I don't know if you, if we did I, any of those when you were there. No, nah, we didn't, but that's cool. Yeah, and Rosario, you know, Winston was like, Rosario's the man, I'm the man, we're going to figure out. And it was more of a, and it, it was cool because they paired up. So it was a basketball player with a wrestler, and it was yeah, one the of those. basketball players, like, shine through and, like, yeah, they pushed hard, man. Yeah, they definitely pushed hard. But it was cool because the way we did it, you know, outside College Ave on a football Saturday, everybody's walking to the buses, right? Yeah. So they would stand there and just watch us. And we went for like an hour doing the crazy gladiator stuff. So right. uh, whether it was wheelbarrows, ropes, flipping tires, jumping through the tires. Yeah, that was everything. like when we were at College Ave Gym. We would do it right in front. That was like our opportunity. In springtime, like I would say I look forward to those workouts out front. And take my shirt off real quick. Nice day. I know. <laughs> it was cool because everybody was watching. You know, those people start tailgating for yeah. a 12 o'clock game. They're starting to tailgate at 8 in the morning. So right. uh, it was cool. We got some comments. But let's bring let's bring Frankie in, man. Let's get with him because we want to spend some time with him. Uh, is he back there? Frankie, you on? You guys got I don't me. Know if they can plug him in. Maybe I can. Hey. There he is. Oh. Hey, what's up? What's up, my man? What's up? What you, what you guys doing? I took it down, man. I took it down. I got the <laughs> beer. I took it like on the face. Oh, good combo. I took it off. Yeah, I'm going crazy over here. I got to get yeah. my my apocalyptic look. You know. <laughs> I've roommate ordered Clippers. It's on back order. He's thinking the same thing. I He's said, take it down. Take it down. Throwing the face hair out. Trying to look a little like you know ready ready for the Armageddon here. <laughs> I like it. It's awesome, man. How you doing? Good. You hanging in? Everything. I mean, you got three wild ones at home. How's that going? Yeah, homeschooling's tough, man. I mean, I go out for a drive every morning. Like I get make my coffee and I go for a coffee drive every morning just to get out of the house and have it. But uh, we're making do, you know, working out when I can and and just dealing with these kids. But uh, 
it's nice when the weather's nice. When it's not so nice, man, it's tough being inside. Yeah, for sure. Days like this is like nice. Like I ran right before this. Like it's beautiful. It's a lot easier to work with than when it's like raining and real windy out. It's like you got to stay inside. But if you wake up, you don't even want to get out of bed. It's like, what do I got to get out of bed for? Or can you hear tough, him? Man. This is depressing times a little bit, but yeah, I got you. Good. You hear Ant good? You hear me? You guys good? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah I hear. Hey, you guys good? You guys hear me? Yeah. Yep, cool. Yep. Yep. So what are you doing as far as training now? Are you like, are you getting any word from Dana White? Are you getting like, are they going to, is it a wait and see approach? You got to fight? Like let the listeners know where you're at with everything well, professionally. I mean, for, for, for me, I, you know, I don't, I don't know. I'm not playing on fighting in June anyway. So that's kind of my, what my timetable I want to go for. You know, I don't know now that he's, these, all these fights got pushed back, how that's going to affect me quite yet. Dana's actually doing fighters this afternoon. So to get a little more uh, information with that. But, I, you know, I'm still on my timetables, like June, July, I like to fight. So <clears throat> this doesn't really affect me too much. But usually I'm in the gym, man. I'm in the gym every day. So not being able to do that is definitely uh, a pain in the ass, man. It's, it's stressful. Yeah. What, it's is, stressful. what is your gym up in New Brunswick doing now? Closed? Yeah, we're uh, we're we're closed right now. All those gyms, the New Brunswick gym, the wrestling school, all those places are closed. And all Gyms that I train at, Ricardo's. I haven't really got got like with Mark. Chris comes down. I me and him, we uh, got in a monogamous relationship, and uh, <laughs> that's the one person I could train with. That's the person I get, I get, I get a pass from my wife. <laughs> have you, uh, have you trained with Mark Henry at all right now, or no? I'm not doing this time. No, I haven't. I haven't. I, I told my wife though. Next week, I'm, I'm starting to add some pieces to the puzzle here. I mean, there's only so long we could do this, man. I, I feel like I've been inside for a month. I'm staying away from old people, staying away from crowds, but I'm going to start – I got to start playing right, a little bit, right. you know? You got to. I mean, I feel the same way. And there's a couple people that I kind of let into my circle to, to do that. I got a little mat in my basement, but uh, I'm just going stir crazy, bro. It's what I like to do. I can't. I can't. Like, I just feel like yeah, who I, I am. I'm, you know, I didn't realize I'm definitely a big routine routine guy, and this just takes, takes that away. Yeah. So, you know, you kind of – Find you find your routine in this process uh, as much as, as stressful as it can be. But you got to just try to make it work. I see. I saw you got like a nice little setup in your basement now. Did you have that before this, or did you kind of uh, finagle a little here and there when this all happened? Well, my wife she works out in a basement. I can never work out in a basement back, you know, before all this. I would always, you know, I have a gym down the street from my house. I mean, if I'm if we work out, I go to the gym. She set it up, you know, for herself. You know, I kind of was ready, had a good little start. I got a couple heavy bags. I bought a barbell, a T-bar. So I'm adding to it now in the process. But uh, I, I, can, I can get a good workout. It's just uh, just can't get a body, really. You know, my kid's too little. I hurt my wife every time I grab her. So that's yeah. not working out. That's awesome. Ant and I were talking before you came on. So what is your – is there a timetable? I know, I know how you are. I'm asking because I know people are going to get in the chat room and ask. Uh, but I know exactly how you are, what your mindset is. It's about this next fight coming up, hopefully in June. But what is your timetable as far as is there is there three more fights? Is there four more fights? Is there one big payday? Then retirement at some point. I mean, me and Coach Leo were always amazed that you were going to last 10 years, and here you are, you're still doing it. So uh, is there a timetable on retirement? What does that look like for you? Yeah, you know, I always said I'm never going to put a uh... – a, a, a finite like end on it, you know. Um, 
I always said, as long as I'm, my body feels good, as long as I still enjoy it, and as long as I can still compete with the highest level, um, I still feel like I can do all those things right now. But, uh, you know, I'm, I'm no, I'm no, I'm not being uh, naive about it either. You know, I know time does not last for everyone. And, uh, you know, I mean, 40, 40s coming. I'm, I'm about 38 and a half. So 40s around the corner. We're gonna, I'm just going to string it out and get as many years as I can. Like I said, as long as I can keep checking those three things off, I'll do this to the wheel, I guess you could say. That's cool. You're like Brady, man. You're like Tom Brady. Just keep going. Yeah, I mean, yeah, but, I, you know, Tom Brady don't yeah. that much, my man. <laughs> Tell us a little <laughs> That's true. Tell us a little bit about – because we get – you know how it is, man. You're around sports. You've been around us a long time. And every now and then you get some crazy, crazy dads, right? And – you're seeing it right now. Your kids are starting to wrestle. Uh, you're, you're really, really involved in elite wrestling and the club scene for your kids and your coaching. And, and you're a dad too, right? You're a dad. So just give us a little bit of what it's like. I mean, I went through it with my son uh, and I have a whole different approach, probably a lot different than yours, but uh, what is your approach with just being a dad dealing with dealing with parents from a coach's side, but also being a dad dealing with his coaches? How does that work? Yeah, well, you know, I, I tried to uh, – luckily, I, I've done it. You know, I mean, I didn't start wrestling at such a young age as my son, but I did wrestle as a youth. I think seventh grade I started. So I, I don't really know what it was like being, like, a, you know, elementary level and, and this and that. But, uh, you know, I learned from the people around me of what to do and also what not to do. You know, I have some friends that are those crazy wrestling dads, and I have some friends like uh, – like, you know, I mean, I follow Steve's advice a lot. Steve, you know, let up Sebastian and, and – you know, Smash is a different kid than my kid, obviously. Every kid's going to be different in the way they approach. But, uh, you know, I, I definitely take a lot of advice from Steve because the way he handled it, I think, was pretty good. Um, you know, I try to just push my kid the best I can without, you know, making it not fun and without making him want to do it. Like, you know, wrestling's a sport you have to want to do. I have one son that doesn't want to do it at all, and I have one son that's that's kind of bought all in. So I, I, I get to see both sides of it. And, um, you know, you can't make someone do, do this sport. This is a hard sport to do. Regard, do it. Never mind if you don't want to do it. Yeah. So, um, dealing with parents is, uh, I, I try to be as quiet. I try not to turn into that crazy wrestling dad, you know, as reserved as I am that people think. I had to have that switch in me as well when you mess with my kid, but uh, I keep it pretty, yeah, pretty cool. You know, Ant, <laughs> go ahead, Ant. You want to add to that? I, I'm just going to say, honestly, it's like I'm in the little kid scene a little bit. It's just hard, like, when you get matched with a parent that's crazy like that, like, Sometimes it's hard to just control your emotions and not let it go a little bit because uh, you just want to knock some sense into these people. Like, are you kidding me? Like, what are you even trying to argue? Are you trying to fight me or you want your kid to, like, wrestle? Like, what are you trying to do here? It just it, – these tournaments blow up very yeah, fast. Yeah, it's crazy. Just so you know, that doesn't doesn't matter if it's yeah, youth. It that doesn't go away, my man. <laughs> they're, still, they're still crazy. They're still crazy. And everybody loves little Johnny, right? Little Johnny's the man. He can never do any wrong. That's why I love the fact, and that's even with teachers now, right? Everyone, it's always the, it's always the teacher. It's never the kid. Now all these parents are becoming teachers because of what's going on. Now there's a little mm. bit more respect for the teacher, right, Frankie? Absolutely, man. My wife called the teacher and was like, "Damn, I feel for you." <laughs> you know, I, you know it's uh, it's tough. These teachers, parent, you know, we don't know. We drop the kids off yeah. and pick them up. We're good to go. Now we get to see it, you know, and especially with my 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 middle son Santino, man, that dude cannot sit down. 
So I can't imagine how he's like. <laughs> you get phone calls home about him. <laughs> you get phone calls home about what's him? that? Yeah, uh, not too much. He do, he yeah. he knows how to play the teachers. He's like you know he's good yeah. at playing the playing this game, which is I mean that's half the battle right there. So. You know, we'll, we'll see how the grades yeah. go, but he knows how to, how to finagle the teachers a little That's bit. That's good. Zach used to be the same way, man. I'm like, we would get calls home, like the parent-teacher conference, like, your son is the nicest kid. He's so polite. I'm like, what? He's crazy. He's off the wall. There's no way. And they're like, yeah. he doesn't even, he's so friendly with everyone and he listens. Everything is pleasing. Thank you. I'm like, no way. That's, I can't imagine that because of the way he's at home. But every kid's different, man. Every kid's different. Yeah. I think that's that's what we always hope for. Like you know, your kid may be an animal at home as long as he's he's respectful outside the house. I guess that's the that's what you always hope for. Yeah, I mean, I definitely. Uh, when I was growing up, I mean, I I feel like I had to be pretty pretty good in public. Just uh, my parents definitely did a good job. If there was any kind of discipline, it was like if if you acted up in public, like that was kind of uh, the that was a big no no. So I learned pretty I learned pretty quickly as a kid, honestly, about that. So, Frank, real quick, tell us, uh, I know you started that new podcast. Why don't you give our listeners a little bit of what's going on with that, plug that a little bit. That's been a lot of fun to listen to. Where are you at with that? Yeah, it's, uh, yeah. We're, uh, me, me and Roger Matthews from uh, Jersey Shore fame, he is actually uh, Jay Wow's ex, ex-husband. Um, me and Roger, we, we, he's a Tom's River guy. He's lived in Tom's River, I think, since like 98 or something like that. I've known Roger since probably, you know, 15 years now. And um, we decided to co- come together and make the champ and the tramp podcast. I'm actually in my, in the room right now. We're just kind of hanging. I'm just, uh, do, you know, doing our little interview down here and it's in my basement. Um, we do it once a week. You know, we just shoot the shit, man. We get guests on. We got to have you guys on. Maybe we'll have you guys on together when all this uh, yeah. quarantine stuff goes away. But um, yeah, it's a good time. And, you know, just, a bunch of guys that don't know what they're yeah. talking about. We talk yeah, about I love listening too, man. I, I like what you guys are doing. Continue, definitely continue doing what you're doing. So, so this, yeah, it's this fun. is pretty cool. Talking, so, man. I you, you got to give me a little bit because I, I feel the same way as you two, but more so really than anybody I've ever met. You two have so much pride in your town and where you're from, right? Like I have a lot of pride in Jackson, but I moved to Tom's River, so. You got, you're a Tom's River guy, Anthony, you're a South Plainfield guy. And not only living there and growing up there and having friends and family there, every, and of course you two get the, the biggest stage to talk about it, but every time you get an opportunity, you, you push out your town and, and, and your roots and where you're from. I just want to know why that is so important. Is that something you're thinking about when you're training? Uh, you got the town on your back. Is that, I just want to hear from both of you on that whole aspect. Cause I, I love it. I love it. Yeah, it's here from Frankie. I mean, for me, I yeah, for me, I, I you know, uh, I was born and raised here. I feel like Tom's River made me who I am. The people in this town made me who I am. Up, big, big hip hop head, big rap guy, and all these rap guys are always shouting out Brooklyn, the Bronx, Queens. Well, give me my chance. I'm a, I'm gonna shout out Tr, you know. So, uh, you know, I'm proud. I'm proud where I'm from. I, I love where I'm from. You know, I feel like we got like Tom's River is kind of the best of best of, of, of a little bit of everything. You got the you got the city, you got Atlantic City, you got the beach. Um, yeah, I, I'm just proud to be where I'm from. The people that are around me, it's a it's a kind of a close knit community, you know. And like I literally have friends that I've been with friends with since uh, elementary school that I'm still friends with today. So 
you know, for me, that, yeah, that goes man, a long that way. recent post with your wife, I mean, like, that's cool to see. Like, you guys knew each other since kindergarten. What was that? Preschool, maybe? Like that? Yeah, yeah. We're, that's pretty cool. We're man. in the same kindergarten class. That doesn't happen everywhere, you know? You are. You feel the same way, though, Ant, when I, you're when you're training? With yeah, a little, little differences, <laughs> but uh, definitely I feel like grew up there, man. It made me who I am growing up, going – playing pop Warner football in town and just like being a, being a kid in the town and looking up to the older kids in the town that were in high school already, whether it was football players or the, the wrestlers, the baseball players. It's like, as a kid, I went to all those events and like th that was my division one college or profession. Even in my eyes, that was my professionals. I was looking up to, like, I wanted to be them. I wanted to be the best in high school. And then, and then once you start having some success, your eyes get opened up to other opportunities, but I hold it close closely on my uh, <laughs> on my chest. Like when I'm walking out in the semifinals, I got that shirt, the South Plainfield shirt on, because uh, it definitely made me who I am, and um, it engraved a lot of the the characteristics of my personality and just who I am as a person. Yeah, I I, uh, I just remember. Yeah, obviously, I coached at Jackson for a long, long time. It was a huge part of my life, and we would I would coach against Frankie and all those guys growing up, and and for me like Warren Reed was, was super important, but I, just because he was a legend, he's a guy who's been around for a long time. He coached against me. I always wanted to be Tom's released. And we never back in the late eighties, early nineties, we would struggle to do that. Then I go away to college, come back. And you just, you want to beat like Tony Caravella, Brooke Memorial. You want to beat Warren Reed. But I just remember talking to all those guys. Cause when I started coaching at Jackson, I wanted Edgar to come to Jackson. I wanted Masenko to come to Jackson, Vinny Salek to come to, I wanted to coach those guys. And they had such an allegiance, like Vinny Delafav, he has such an allegiance to Warren Reed. And I got to know what, where that comes from. Obviously, the guy wears his heart on his sleeve, but he's so much more than a coach to you guys. And it goes back to the guys that wrestled for him in the early 80s and late 70s. I mean, there's a reason why he is who he is, but where does that relationship come from? Mr. Reed is just a special guy, man. You know. Um just like to the, the aura he has around him, you know, he's this gravelly voice and uh, just hard nosed type of person. Um, and he just lives for wrestling. That dude lives for wrestling. You, you see him anywhere to talk to you about wrestling. He ain't going to talk to you about probably anything else. He's going to talk to you about wrestling. And uh, I mean, dude, he's been around. He coached Bruce Baumgartner on the, the, na the national team. Right. I mean, this guy's just a legend and, uh, I mean, he's the only coach out of high school. He's probably think, what, 70, 76 or something yeah. like that. And like you said, he had, you know, had a lot of, a lot of successful teams and, and guys still come back. And he, when he had his 400th win, the, the place was packed with, with, with alumni. So, uh, and he definitely has that effect on a lot of people. And, you know, uh, he's still a big part of my life to, to elite and, uh, his grandkids rather, uh, Steve and, and Brett's kids come and train at, at elite. So it, still, and, and he's yeah, still out of coaching, know. which is crazy to me. He's been doing a long time. You don't know this, Sam, but he would do the Fargo teams, and he was the guy in charge of waking you up. When we go to Blair Academy for a week, he'd have to wake you up first thing in the morning, bring you on a run, and that whistle. <laughs> he would always do it, man. But he's still doing it, still going strong. It's, uh, you know, he, he's, a, he's a huge part of that town. Wakes up every day, I guess, and has a – has breakfast at that one diner on Route 37. What's that diner they have there? Fast Break Diner. 
fast break. The fast, fast break. It's a good spot. So he's, living, he's, living his best, he's living his best life for sure. Yeah. Well, um, you have anybody in that town, Ant, that kind of resembles that at all or or no? No, not to that extent, man. He's a legend for sure. One of a kind. But yeah. even like seeing him as a kid, like he it, for me, he hasn't really changed much. I wanted that like I was wondering as you're talking about him, like this. Did he ever look like different than he looks? Because I feel like he's looked how he looks right now for like 25, 30 years. See, like when I when I was uh, coming into high school, so my freshman year, he looked to me, you know, everyone looks old when you're young. So he looked the same, but he was a lot taller. I feel like he was a pretty big dude. I, I remember being in eighth yeah. grade, I think Louis Cito, if you remember Louis Cito, Goody. Uh, he plays in the States. He was a big, he was like 215 pounder or something. Pretty big dude. And I remember going in the room watching Mr. Reed just whoop this dude. Like, like he wasn't nobody. And I'm like, holy yeah. shit, this old man's whooping this guy. You know, I think between then and now is when he yeah. started seeing him slow down a little bit. But uh, he was a beast, man. He really was back in the day. You heard stories about him picking dudes up in the in the hallway, you know, picking him up one hand. I've heard all those stories, office, man. He you know? was he was like a huge figure to me man he's, and now you can tell as he's getting older he's starting to get a little his back starting to crumple over a little bit you could tell but he was such a huge figure especially down the shore and those years yeah. Tom's River East Brook Memorial Southern and Jackson were like oh man it was like it was crazy I have one quick story you could add to it because I'm going to ask you I want to know who your favorite competitors who you went against but the one story and Aunt, you don't know this but this is pretty cool Back then, you know, even to this day, right, the coin flip in high school wrestling is super important for you to win a big dual meet. And we talked about how big the dual meets used to be, especially down the shore, the, the Saturday nights, the Wednesday nights. It was a one-on-one. -on -one. There was no quads. It was a big deal. But Tom Zarese Jackson was a big deal. And we were getting – we might have been – it might have been one or two in the shore. Maybe Brooke Memorial might have been one. I don't remember. But it might have been your senior year. You weighed in at Dewey's weight, Dougwood Stanley's weight. It was his junior year, I think, your senior year. Is that correct? So you come yeah. out, captains come out to flip the coin, and I'm waiting to see. Yeah. I, I was the assistant at the time, but I knew the coin flip was really, really important. You guys won the coin flip, and you immediately were like, boom, let's go, baby. Like, I don't even know if you picked out or Eden, but you won the flip, so you were on Dewey. Dewey couldn't go up, couldn't go down. You were going to wait for us to send him out. And Dewey was – Fourth, he took fourth at Fargo the year the summer before, you know, for world team trials. He was fourth, fourth in Fargo. He, he did it all. He was really, really, he was a great wrestler. So, we had these two guys who were probably the two best wrestlers in the state. Now they both weighed in at 140, and Frankie won the flip and uh, knew right away he was going up. And I just that mindset that night, like you wanted that match, and kind of brings me into the question who were the guys you were looking for chasing down? I know Anthony always talks about guys he trained for. Dean Heil was someone who was in his mind all the time when he trained. Are you like that? Were you like that? Where, where are you at with that? You know, I was Ant, – Ant came in as a stud right away. I had to like, kind of like uh, find my feet a little bit, you know. And as a freshman, I, I didn't even make it out of districts. I think I took fourth in districts. Um, like early on, those guys were like the Southern guys and the Jacks guys, like Dewey, Jones, Sutter. You know, those guys always uh, were, were the tough guys in the weight, and I was trying to catch up to those guys. And um, But by the time my, my junior year, I made it to States, and I, Cordoba was the guy I was gunning for my, my whole senior year, you know, and we never got the chance to uh, to wrestle that year. I ended up losing the semis and, and whatnot, um, you know, but funny, we ended up 
being roommates that, that next year at college. But, uh, yeah, those guys, uh, you know, going against Dewey, I, I, it was always uh, a nail-biter. You know, you never know because you know, he was tough as hell. I was good buddies with Devin. Devin always would have uh, problems against Dewey. So, you know, I always held him in high regard because I knew Devin was a good wrestler. And, uh, you know, every time I wrestled Dewey, I felt like I beat him by one point. Then I beat him by two points. And by that time, uh, we wrestled for that, that dual meet where I went up to go against him. I was like, all right, I think I'm going to get a couple more points on him. About that one. That's why I was pretty pumped to get that. Uh, well, you put it on that night, and we – I don't know if we tied or you might – maybe you you might even won that night. But that was a long – that was a long team discussion with head coach Al Ayers. We tied, yeah. No, but we were, we tied. I think we, we tied, might have been yeah. number one at the time. So it was like devastating for us. And we just spent a lot of time yeah. in the locker room that night. Yeah. Now, going forward, going forward, is there someone, was there always somebody in the MMA world like, I got to get that guy? This is the guy I want. I'm training. Obviously, BJ Penn was a big deal for you. Maynard was a big deal for you. And then, or was it just the, whoever the next opponent is? I'm 10 weeks out. Let's go. Yeah, I, there's so many guys you could think about in MMA because, you know, I mean, there's there's the top 30 guys you could possibly fight. And uh, I try to wait till I find out who I'm fighting before I focus on someone. But uh, I mean, early in my career, I like Sean Shirk was a guy that I knew I wanted to fight. He uh, he fought BJ pretty close and ended up, end up getting stopped. And I knew he was trying to get a fight. I'm like, that's the guy I want to title he just fought for the title I felt like uh, a lot of people didn't think I could beat him because he was a wrestler and I couldn't you know, take him down and whatnot so that was a guy I was gunning for and once I beat him I knew I belonged I, I, with the elite you know he held the title at one time I beat a former champion and that's what kind of yeah, led me fights, to those uh, fights to with BJ and, and Gray Maynard for me like is like what I feel like I'll forever uh, look up to you like when the moment I feel like I just fell in love with your your style as a person. Like I, I knew about you, but I didn't really know a lot about you until those fights. I was a young kid. Um, I knew you were coaching at Rutgers, but I don't even think Billy was at school there yet. My older brother. Um, and then those those kind of fights with both both those guys, BJ Penn and Gray Maynard. I was just like, damn, like I love this guy. Like I want to compete like him in wrestling. Like, um, and then I got chances to be around you and see how you train and it it's goes hand in hand of how, how you're able to bounce back mid fights and uh, just how you just, you could tell your personality just by the way you train, man, just by being around you. And uh, I, lo I love that as a competitor. Cause I try to always lead by example, not more of a leader by vocal. So um, I think it goes a long way. Thank, well, thanks, man. And, uh, you know, I, I've always surrounded myself with people like that, like yourself. I mean, that's why I have, have, I've been made sure I, I brought you in to a couple of my camps and try to get up to Rutgers and wrestle with you guys because, you know, like-minded people, you know, bring like like results, you know, and uh, you got to train like that. You got to you got to put yourself around people that are like-minded if you want to achieve those goals, you know. Um, and it's luckily that we have such a good community and, 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 uh, and environment here in Jersey for, for MMA and, and wrestling that we could do that, you know, rather easily, you know, it, it, you probably go around the country. There's not many places like Jersey for combat sports right now. I'm telling you that, you know, as far as jiu-jitsu, MMA, and yeah, wrestling. Yeah, it's pretty cool. I don't know if people really that even support be. Rutgers wrestling understand how much different guys are coming in and out of the room sometimes. And um, it's so cool that we have like that regional training center now, New Jersey regional training center to have 
have those opportunities whenever we really want. And uh, even in MMA world, grappling world now is starting to get some guy. We're getting more just jujitsu guys come in. Like it's cool, and it gives our guys more opportunities, more motivation to kind of come in and work on something different, maybe. Yeah, absolutely. And plus, you see them guys clowning each other, uh, Rodriguez sure. and Downey. I mean, I guess sure. it makes for a good, uh, we, good we've entertainment. We've been so darn whatnot, fortunate, you know? like having you early on, really, to get Rutgers wrestling up and going. You were a huge part of that, and obviously, where it is now today, you're you're always using our guys to train with. So that we're forever grateful for that. But I just think about all the guys we've had in there, man. Like obviously, you, but Ricardo is so good at what he does, and and. uh you know, Alvarez is so good. All those Russians you're bringing in. We've had Gracie in the room. Like, I don't realize, I think our guys kind of understand what they had, but I don't know if they know the yeah, magnitude. Yeah. Even Marlon, man, Marlon is so good. We've been so fortunate to have the best in MMA, like just come through our room on any given day. Yeah. And it's just normal. Yeah, yeah, man. Yeah, no, it's great. And, and I love even when guys come, from out of town to train with me, like Chandler and uh, and Lance Palmer and, and Cody and these guys. I mean, I can take them up to you guys, and it's, it's perfect, you know? That's what these guys want, too. So Those guys are grateful, uh, too. Man. It goes hand-in-hand. Hand. I'll, I'll like, tell you that. I remember early on when I was wrestling a lot more, just wrestling with Ricardo. He's, like, so grateful, and he bows to you. I'm like, this guy's the best in the world at what he does, and he's just so grateful to be in learning wrestling. Is that, like, the number one, you know, art? those guys need to pick up on is the wrestling part. Obviously you're way ahead of the game and in the wrestling area, but for you, it wasn't wrestling, but for those guys, is that the biggest piece to the puzzle? I think wrestling, wrestling, like, uh, is, is the glue that holds it all together. I, I think, you know, um, everyone tries to say, like, what's the best sport to start with if you want to do MMA? And I think you can't say what the best sport is. It's case by case. Individuals are going to succeed in something that gets them ready for MMA next, different from the next guy. But I feel like you know, that wrestling is – if I want to stand up and I don't want to go to the ground, you have to take me down. That's wrestling. If I want to go to the ground and you don't want to tell me and I take you down, that's wrestling. Like, wrestling is the glue that holds it all together. And, and this, the fact that wrestling's like, – I always say striking's hard, jitsu's hard, wrestling's the hardest out of all of them. Doing all like a, a live wrestling go is probably the hardest thing you can do next to MMA because MMA is pretty much that with striking, you know. So uh, a wrestling go is pretty much as hard as it gets, man. Especially on the body too, yeah, sure. and that just awesome. makes you tough and calluses your pretty mind. Cool to hear that mindset, you know, right, Ant? Yeah, definitely. I mean, you hear that from Donnie, the same thing, like callousing your mind all the time, callous your body. Um, my girlfriend has a theory against it, but I, I can't really go into detail because I, I don't know it clearly. She claims, <laughs> she, claims that a, she claims that a callus, why do you get a callus? To protect that part of your body. So it's just really a barrier of what's already injured. So why do you want to create a barrier to an injury? Why not? I don't, it's, it's a little more deep than that, but I, I can't, uh, I couldn't comprehend it completely. Well, I, I don't, I don't, know, I don't know how, how literal, how, how literal yeah. we're being here with the callus and the body. I think she I'm just saying, let's make ourselves at me, a little tougher. Than, you know, one of my interviews, make your mind and body tough. Like, what do you mean by that? <laughs> gonna, I'll give you some advice now. Just listen, say okay, move on. Just move on. They're always right. They're yeah. always right. If you want it to last. Yeah. If yeah. you don't, 
Are you down? <laughs> yeah, let it, let it just blow. Over. This, that's the truth. Couple that's real true. quick hitters, Frankie, before before we let you that's go true. here, and we appreciate you coming on, man. It's been good. This flies. This is an hour. It just goes so quick. Um, somebody growing up, somebody growing up, you thought would be a nah, great yeah, fighter, man, time, MMA man. style, maybe not growing up, but when you were in high school, who do you think would be good and and just never never happened for him, or who do you see now? who you could tell is going to be a pretty good MMA fighter since all these wrestlers are going that way. Um, well, one guy, I'm not going to say his name, but a teammate of mine that, that I actually wrestled with, you knew, you know who I'm talking about. He, he, uh, he came out of the scene. We can't, we started probably around the same time. He came out of the scene and really was right next to me and him side by side. We were kind of coming up the ranks together. So, you know, um, then he kind of got in some trouble a little bit with some some issues that, that a lot of people tend to come come about in, in this day and age and where we live. And uh, it definitely sidetracked him and he never kind of got back to where he, you know, he could have been. So, you know, if he could put all that stuff aside or never got involved with it, I, I would definitely have been interested to see how, you know, how far he could have taken it. Um, but as far as guys I train with now, uh, just some local guys that train in Catones, man. Paul Capaldo, he wrestled, I believe, on south or, or north, one of them. He's probably 22 years old. He's like six and zero or four and zero as a pro. I think he's got a pretty bright future. And uh, this kid Santo Curtolo, he's uh, from Staten Island, 25 pounder. That's cool. Awesome, what about kid. Uh, I think he's favorite a athlete growing too. up? Who did you who did you mirror? Not really mirrored your game, but maybe a mindset. Maybe it's a basketball player. Maybe it's a football player. Who'd you watch growing up? I mean, of course, I, I loved Michael Jordan when I was young, but as I got a little older, I was big. Alan well, there's a lot guy. of arguments now, little, like a six-year yeah, stretch. Bit of attitude. Was better, and I hear I kinda, NBA I players like because that, that whole document document uh, documentary is coming out on Jordan, which I'm fired up for. But uh, he, they talk about Iverson in a six-year stretch might have been better than Jordan. Yes. Yeah, no, you're right. I mean, titles matter, right? He was a hammer, man. He was a hammer. So he was tough, too. He comes from. True. I know. But I, but I love the way he played. He played, played so hard. Streets you know, of Hampton, Virginia. Like, six when foot you get, tall. You know, you know I mean, that's had you a bunch of seconds, right? Second at high school nationals. Second in the state tournament. Your senior year, you were fifth. Uh you know, probably never reached what you wanted to reach. I could say that same thing too. And we decided to take a certain path. Did those losses kind of motivate you? Like, did that like fuel the fire? Like I've second and frigging everything. It's time for me to go win a belt. And is that how you got into that whole, like, I'm going to win a belt or where was that? Where does that come from? Yeah, I'm, I'm sure it had to do with it for sure. You know, not, not, you know, I, I definitely set high goals for myself right from day one, even, even being fresh into wrestling, you know, I, I've set high goals for myself and, uh, you know, not obtaining them definitely hurt me in my mind. It cr crushed me a little bit and uh, it may have been what pushed me to, to really pursue wrestling or pursue fighting. And, you know, when I was able to do that, it was, uh, it was huge. But, you know, even I don't know if uh, I would say I wouldn't still be competitive as I was because, I mean, after winning that first world title, I just – I wanted to keep winning world titles. It's not like I wanted to stop winning world titles, you know. So, I, I you know, it, you can't say uh, I still wouldn't be as competitive if I, if I won. I'd rather try to win. Well, I listen, would have rather gone back go, and win all – everything. your family. You, know, you, you know got to teach saying? them some school, man. Teach them the right way to do math. These people – these math teachers don't have – don't understand how to do the math the old way, you know, the old school. 
<laughs> Bro, this we right appreciate right you having, right having you on, man. We All appreciate right, you really coming on, man. spending time with us. And we'll be seeing you pretty quickly here down the road. Yeah, absolutely, man. As soon as this gets uh gets right here, uh, squared baby. away, man, we'll I got to get some champ and a yeah. tramp, and then I'll get up in that room too. We can scrap a little bit, Ant. Yeah. yeah. Let's go, yeah, 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 definitely. Yeah. I can't All wait. Right, champ. Some Good days, man. some days. Love you, buddy. We'll Freaking. see you soon, right? <laughs> Appreciate having. You. Right, that was pretty cool, man. Take care, guys. Yeah, yeah could have got into you know he starts out as a plumber coming home from college. He's working as a plumber coming and training with us practice and fighting in his first fight. I probably should have had him tell us a little bit about it was like in a back door. Like he didn't even pay to get tickets. It was like, I'm showing up in the Bronx and fighting. Was he coaching was, at during that fight? He was working out. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. It's hard to put that timetable together, but I mean, it, it wasn't sanctioned. It was like, show up, fight this guy over here. And he broke his orbital bone, yeah. right? <laughs> You're not supposed to blow your nose. You blow his nose. Yeah. Yeah, so you've heard all that. You've heard all that. Yeah, that's we should have had him talk about that a little bit. That was, I know. He's got some I great know. stories, man. But I I know I do so much like already like watching his YouTube highlights and just knowing his story. Um it was good to get get to know him, um, just what he's up to and what is yeah. what he's doing with his kids and things like that and where his mindset is with coaching. He doesn't. He doesn't age, man. He's still 150. He looks 155 pounds, and that's kind of what he fought. Like he fought for that for so long. It was just like I'm not. I don't need to go down. Now, obviously, he needs to go down, but for it's so impressive. long. He won his championships at 155, and uh, this is going to be his first time going to 135. Like yeah. it's crazy that it's not even going to be probably a tough weight cut. It's going to be hard, I'm sure, but a pretty normal weight cut for a normal for a combat sport. Combat sport, yeah. And they go night. They go the morning hours. It's like twenty four like hours, 30, thirty hours before. Yeah, so they get some time. So you could really suck them out. But he doesn't even get like that. Yeah, he doesn't get sucked out. Are they allowed to go IVs or no? I don't think so anymore. Yeah. Huh. Mike that was good, the, man. Mike in the comments here. Wheelbarrows around College Ave. Those outdoor practices. The cops came when we were throwing kegs. Yeah, the we did. We used to throw kegs. We still what have those kegs down there. That is. What's that? Which Mike you think that is? It could be Whalen. It could be DeMarco. Who knows? But, yeah, we used to do all that. Any new teams or tournaments on the schedule next year? I'm in the process of doing our schedule right now. Uh, we owe a return to Cornell. Um, we're going to host Princeton. We'll probably host Buffalo. We're trying to go up to Boston. Do a little hard. I mean, with this economy now, we're going to try to do a, uh, a Harvard Brown trip again because we're not probably won't be able getting on a plane to go out west based on right our budget and what they're going to do with college sports. So we got to be really, wow. really careful. I don't think Rutgers is in trouble, but every every budget's going to have to be decreased a little bit, and that may include our you know our RTC and and all that. Not clearly not your position, but you know there's some things we got to do with our RTC and travel and all that, that well, a lot's going to happen with college sports. And, and it's certainly going to affect our budget as far as travel. We will not go to Vegas and we'll make a, we'll make a decision on um, I think Midlands and the scuffle, what to do there. Cause technically we could take a bus to the scuffle. We'd have to fly to Chicago. Yeah. And this might change the landscape of how you're scheduling 
how scheduling is through the year, maybe shorter season? Yeah, I, I don't know if the season will be – you know, we've talked a lot about shortening that. We're not going to start till the 14th. We'll start with an open tournament on attack, so we won't start our season till November 14th. But I can tell you from a Big Ten standpoint, there's been a ton of uh, talk about shortening the season to one semester. Now, for the listeners out here, and I don't know if I'm – maybe I'm spewing too much, with you know, but not being educated on it. But the thought is to have the national tournament March 20th and then do a dual meet segment afterwards, like, which, uh, is, which is interesting. State. The Illinois Yeah, state. like the Illinois State Tournament. But except instead of the weekend after, you have a whole other month and a half after to worry about your Big Ten schedule and then another national dual meet championship. So where yeah. would you? What do you think about that? There's so much hype put around the individual title. That's the thing. Like, there's just well, so if much. You start the season at Midlands, right? You start your season at Midlands. You do a bunch of. You have some Big Ten duels, but you have an open tournament, open schedule. Then you go. You you prep for the nationals. You check, prep for the Big Ten tournament. Prep for the nationals. Take a week off, and now you're into another dual meet season with a championship on the line. What do you think about that? I mean, for me, I I would like it, and I think all of the top level athletes that already com- wrestlers that compete all year round are gonna love it. I think about maybe um, the smaller schools or just lesser quality guys, you know, that just are making it to the nationals. There, it doesn't really mean much for them, you know. Yeah, it's interesting though because I start thinking from a coaching standpoint. You could play games, right? You could okay. Now uh, you just won. You're an All-American at 157. I could bump you up for this dual meet. We could bump you up here to 65. And instead of being like, I don't want to lose my seed. I don't want to lose my descent. True, true, true. Right? It's so there's more, a little bit more. If the NCAA can put a national champion behind it and really recognize it, it'll yeah. go a long way. I think the NCAA really, really wants to do that. And think about it from this perspective, too, which you don't think about right away, and I didn't either. We are We redshirt the most athletes of any sport. We our GPA is not the best of every single sport, so they want to get you get you get sick, you get flu virus, especially now. This really happens in the fall in October. So the freshmen coming in, going back to the redshirt thing, they're not used to. Uh, they're starting practice right away, so now you give them a whole semester to get used to, right? The grind of college athletics, college education, Maybe and, and now you start your season December twenty eighth. More clarity on who's going to redshirt, who's not. Yeah. I would be into it. You know me. I'm a big dual meet guy. I would. I love dual meets too. Coming yeah. from South Plainfield, man, we prided ourselves on winning a state title. That was the yeah. only goal. And we didn't really talk much about individual goals until that was done. Yeah, I just picture us taking two weeks off after the national tournament and then motivating guys back up to try to fire them up for duels where you could, you know, see how far we can go in a dual meet champion. I think that'd be pretty cool. I see, see my wife's comment, right? On my day drinking. What'd she say? <laughs> I, I got one, Mikey. The Mikey is Mikey Simmons, the new freestyle coach for Anthony. Oh, yeah? He's training you? That's you know Mikey Simmons. I say this all the time. Mikey Simmons could be an awesome, awesome wrestling coach. He just – his work's getting in the way of it. I would love for him to – take over a program. I tried so hard to get him at Tom's River North. So uh, he could be really, really good. How many, How many teams? Go Mike, ahead. 
Mike wants to know how many teams, yeah. Actually, the thought process was 32-team tournament. So you're you're wrestling your dual meets in April and the beginning of May. Well, you can't go into finals, so I think it ended like May 1st. So you're wrestling end of March, beginning of April. You're wrestling to for your seed where you're going to be placed in a bracket of 32, which Doc would be Haley. cool. Doc Haley yeah. wants to know uh, – do you think the coaches association should name all Americans? There, that's I could tell Doc Haley that's probably definitely going to happen. I don't know if that, like, for example, based on your seed, the top eight guys are all Americans. From nine through twelve, if you were seeded, your second team all American, and from I think it's thirteen through sixteen, your third team all American. I'm yeah, not a fan of it. That's what other sports do. Yeah, yeah, I know. I, I was really, really against it during our Big Ten meetings. I'm but then against it too, but I think maybe make the top eight seeds all Americans for credential purposes. Maybe I don't know. I mean, it's kind of hard, right? You don't wrestle that tournament. I mean, there's been a lot of top eight seeds not placed. An all American, my freshman. I would have been a second tier all American. Yeah. He's still all American though. Second tier. More importantly, <laughs> and I hate to bring this up during this time, but it's a good conversation piece. If those guys are all American, do the, do the coaches get the bonus, the all American bonus? <laughs> what happens with all that's the contract stuff? You just get voided. Yeah, I don't know. I think that's going to be frozen. I know it's getting frozen a lot across the country. And and on a serious note, those bonuses will probably be probably taken away for the year. I don't know. I don't know how it's going to go. But I was kidding because I don't want people to think I'm being selfish. I'm not. But uh, yeah, I think a lot of being, I know. So like Iowa State's doing some different things with their coaches, staffs. Uh, to help with the budget. Um, I just think it's critical from a wrestling standpoint. These smaller schools do not lose scholarships. That's my biggest fear. That's yeah. my biggest fear. Well, you know? yeah. We've seen ODU drop the program. Yep. So, just do you think more follows? Where are you at with that? I'm just hoping it's not a trend. I don't really know. I haven't heard any talk. Or I just, just looking on Twitter and Instagram every day, but I haven't seen much more than that. So. Yeah. I'm hoping it's not a continuous trend and uh, hoping I'm going to get to just be able to compete soon. Just being optimistic about that all, you know, yeah. is it hard? Is it hard locking in on like we, I told you before we got on the air, man, we had a two hour coaching staff meeting and it's kind of like so hard to lock in on doing anything. Cause you just don't know what's going on. You know, we're trying to plan practices for September 5th through preseason, September 5th through October 9th. Uh, we're trying to plan out preseason. Are we even going to have a preseason? It's just so hard uh, to to plan it. You know, where are you at with that in your schedule? I'm just trying to stay ready, man. I'm in. I'm still in really good shape. Not yeah. as not like ready to go compete in the Olympic trials tomorrow, shape. But I'm like a week, a one week training camp, two week training camp away from being in great peak condition. Um, so I just want to stay like that, hitting these little DeMarco challenge workouts that he that we're uh, we're doing together, working together on, and wrestling when I can with my roommates or guys that are within my circle already with the quarantine. Um, and I've just been doing that, man. I got a great little routine that I've been doing in the last three weeks, and I'm just gonna stick to it, man. I'm a little bigger than I was. I'm probably walking around like 158, 160, but it's good. Uh, it's not really gonna be an issue. I feel. Very hydrated and not not fat, but not uh not rip, lean ripped out. Yeah, 
Yeah, I mean, I spoke to a guy on our team yesterday. He's like, I'm trying to get workouts in. And I'm thinking, I was like, every day you should probably sweat. Every I'm, I'm 47. If I don't wake up, no, nah, I don't even have to wake up and do it. If I don't get something in every day, I'd, I'd be like, what is happening? Like, what else is there to do? Yeah. What is, maybe it's a walk into the dog. I mean, do something. But we're cracking. I mean, obviously, I got a little bit better than most because I got a, a kid who's training really, really hard. So I have to jump in on it. But how do you not do something every day just to stay active? And that goes for my daughter and wife. Like, do something. And they are. So I'm not jumping on them. So yeah, no, I'm, I'm the same way. I'm just like, especially the college guys. I'm in my head. I'm like, how are you not motivated to do something every single day? Like, don't you? You obviously didn't accomplish the goals you had for yourself this year. Pretty much anyone that I'm talking to on the team. So it's like, why why are you not trying to work out every single day? Like, yeah. let's go. Those wheels should be turning. You should be creative right now. Like, take a run wherever you're at. That's all you take a run, hit a hundred, a couple hundred push ups, couple hundred sit ups, and that's all you need, man. Yeah. You don't need, we don't, you don't need a coach telling you what to do. You should be hungry to just do it right now. Yeah. That's a, no, you're right, man. It's always we're trying we're talking about that every day, being intrinsically just motivated by yourself. And and maybe as coaches, we gotta take a step back and allow these guys to do some on their own and and motivate themselves. So we got somebody backstage? Yeah, we got someone backstage here. David, David in Jersey, let's bring them on. David Buchan? Buchan? David Buchan? Cordova, bro. Cordova. Uh, Coach, you've been awesome, man. I've been following. I'm learning so much from all your athletes and all the coaches that you've had on. I look forward to hearing from the club coaches next week. But I'm, I'm following that, dude. Even if I got to go back and watch it, uh, it's been good. It's been good for me. It's always good to learn. Yeah, man. Uh, I, it's awesome that I got to see you two guys talking together. And I'm like, damn, I just interviewed all three of those guys. Yeah, uh, that's cool, that right? awesome. You know, I wanted to jump on real quick because I want, you know, since you guys just had Frankie on, I wanted to just uh, say a couple stories about that guy. Just like he told you guys, we were roommates in college. And we would be, I mean, dude, when you talk about hip hop, that dude is into hip hop. All right. So he would, he would be the only one on our floor listening to rap. And everybody would like all, all like the, uh, the black guys in our team, they would come in and be like, yo, Frankie, what are you listening to? He would <laughs> love Biggie, man. And uh, we would watch like UFC, like like UFC 10 or 15 or whatever. And and he'd be like, yo, one day I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to fight one day. And I thought he was crazy then. I'm like, nuts, bro. And, and I, I remember vividly this one time, a 125 pounder, he was dating one of the, one of the frat guys' uh, girlfriends. And he's like, yo, I'm going to this frat party. And I know I'm going to go anyway. We're like, dude. Don't go. You're going to get yourself in trouble. So he still goes anyway. 20 minutes later, he's giving us a call. And he's like, dude, I'm outside. Like 10 of these frat guys want to fight me. And I remember being at the house with Frankie. Frankie's like, yeah, where's he at? Where's the, where's the party at? Let, let's go. Let's go. And I'm like, all right, bro. I was like, where you at? So he told us the address. We drove down there. Frankie gets out of the car. Doesn't even care who's who. And he's like, just show me the guy. And he goes, that dude. He goes, yeah. <laughs> and and then he just starts like and then they all start just coming at us and and uh he was like uh from that day on i'm like this dude needs a fight man i'm like this guy yeah. he's got some balls you know he, he he could definitely uh bang with him you know and 
we got a couple fights, uh, you know, like, you know, just the wrestlers, you know, you know how it is, Anthony, you know, you know, sometimes some of the frat guys, you know, kind of think they're a little tougher than you, but nobody's tougher than the wrestling guys, you know? Yeah. But yeah. it was, yeah. it was good. I thought I'd come in and share that story. I mean, he's, he's a, he's a good guy, man. You know, uh, talk about hard nosed wrestler. You know, we were freshmen when we, when we were at Clarion and we had uh, Sheldon Thomas was yeah. uh, an assistant coach there. Tony Perler was uh, an assistant coach. There. there were two hammers. Those are the reasons why me and Frankie decided we wanted to go to Clarion in the first place. I tried to get him to go to Lock Haven really bad. Oh, okay. Yeah. I did. But, and it was because of Perler, I think, and Sheldon Thomas that he chose Clarion. We were, uh, we were at high school nationals. Remember, like you said, we wrestled each other in our junior year in the state finals. Then our senior year chance to wrestle each other we really wanted to wrestle each other again it didn't happen and then uh it was at high school nationals that we talked for the first time and we were the only reason why i talked to him is because we were standing in line for parade of champions so i was like i, I guess i'll say what's up to this dude you know i, I didn't you know i'm like so hey what's up you know we were in the talk and we chatted a little bit and uh it's funny because my brother ended up coaching him in the finals of the, of the nationals uh, wow. him and, um, I don't think Warren Reed was there at the time. Maybe he was. Maybe, I don't know. He might have been there. But uh, my brother coached him, and uh, he lost in the finals to a kid named John Massa. I don't know if you ever remember him. Kid oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yep. And they, they, had a, they had a really, really good match. And then we after the tournament was over, he was kind of like, yeah, where are you going to school? And I'm like, I don't know, man. Clarion really wants me to go there. And he's like, He's like, uh, uh, he's like, I was like, yeah, I'll, I'll talk to them, see if they're, if they're interested in you. And uh, I talked to Ted Nellis, they watched his finals, and they were like, yeah, man, like, yo, we'll go if it's a package deal. And uh, it worked out for us. And we went out there, and again, we, we went out there for Sheldon Thomas and Tony Perler. And um, he, uh, you know, one day in the room, I mean, he would wrestle anybody. He would wrestle, Frankie would wrestle from 125 to 174. He didn't care who the hell he wrestled. He would just go out there and wrestle him. So Tony Perler goes, all right, I got a special guest coming into the room uh, uh, who wants to come roll with you guys. And, and we were like, yeah, who's coming in? He's like, Sammy Henson. And I remember being Sammy Henson. And I don't know, Coach, I know you know Sammy Henson. That guy is yep. an animal. That guy yep. is an animal. And he gets in the room, and Frankie's like, takes him by his shirt. He's like, I'll roll with you. Let's go. And he put a beat in on I'm talking yeah. about for a long stuff in his face into the wall. And uh, that's just the type of mentality Frankie was. So everything that he is today, it is not all of a sudden it just happened. He's always been that guy, you know? Yeah. And you know, when they back then they had programs and they would write descriptions of all the recruits that would come in. And they they named all my my you know, state champ, this, that, this, that. And then you looked at Frankie's and it said seven minute wrestler. And that's all it said about him. You know, and, and that just goes to show about Frankie how the type of uh, mentality was. And I, I love listening to you guys when you guys are talking to him. It brought back a lot of memories. And uh, yeah. I love what you guys are doing too, man. Thanks, man. We appreciate it. Yeah, it's been fun for us. I know you do it every night, so you're used to it. But uh, it's been fun just to get away from everything, the daily grind of this whole Corona stuff. And so it's yeah. been cool to get talk. And we have these fans at Rutgers. You, you know these fans at Rutgers are wild and they – texting and email and they want more they just want it so we'll keep doing it yeah, yeah. man yeah man. and Anthony, i'm sorry for keeping you on so late last night i hope your girlfriend didn't get mad at you bro no nah, <laughs> <laughs> that was my fault phone died no.
So good, man. Well, thanks for having you guys. Guys, I'll be listening do to your thing, and we'll be uh, we'll be watching Monday night. You'll be on again Monday. Yeah, I'm gonna do all week next week, Monday to Friday. I got uh, good. Yale Street Wrestling Club, Empire Wrestling Club out of New York. I have uh, Mike Krause, one of the best youth coaches in the in the country. I want to hear him out. Um, and then I have Steve Rivera, you know, who you guys know very well. Uh, you know, I, 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 I really look up to Steve Rivera and I kind of emulate my wrestling club around him. So I'm really yeah. looking forward to hear what he's got to say. Um, and then I'm going to slow it down a little bit, man. It's, it's, you know, when you got to put together all this material for all these different guys yeah. and try to remember. It's a lot of work, this. right? Yeah, yeah it's, it's work. And you know what? I get a little nervous before I talk to some of these guys because I want to make sure I'm saying all the right things and I'm asking sure. the right questions. Yep. I try to do my homework. It ain't easy. I know. Real quick before you go and you and you hang up, we'll talk about it. But who are the uh the year Frankie took fifth? What were the who were the top five guys? Because I thought you guys were gonna wrestle too. Who were the top five guys in that weight? So it was your senior year. Yeah, you know, uh they uh, USA wrestling did a lot of good um writing about wrestling. They they actually got in depth. I mean, it got a little worse now. Back then, they were like really on, like what, what, who was in what weight class, and they talked about our weight class, a one thirty-five pound weight class, was the toughest wrestling weight class in the country. And a lot of guys all wrestled D one. There was multiple uh, All Americans uh, on the weight class. He beat me. He was a stud. Um, who was that? Who I missed you, Mike Booth, Cameron Catholic. Oh yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, you know he won the weight class. I took second. Uh, I think it was, um, it might have been like uh, Dan Rubenstein might have took, uh, Frankie maybe took a six, I don't know, um, Dennis McSweeney. Uh, oh, wow. And wow. Justin Lee Joe. So that's like Oklahoma, a, Clarion, a couple yeah. Oklahomas, Clarion. Uh, yeah, McSweeney yeah. went to Wisconsin. He went to Wisconsin. Uh, Mike yeah. Booth went to North Carolina. Yeah, yeah. Um, wow. That whole weight class was stacked. You know, it's funny because that, that year I weighed 135 and Frankie was 135. We were all 135. And when back then you could see who was going in, like at what weight class. So I saw Booth yeah, go down to 130. Yeah. So I dropped down to 130 to go after him. Um, so I think Frankie was probably pissed because he didn't get another shot at me. But, uh, yeah. you know, it, but it was great. College roommates and we used to beat each other up in a room. And that was awkward our freshman year because we would beat each other up in a room and we'd have to walk back to our dorm together. And we didn't speak to each other the whole way back because we didn't want to <laughs> talk to each other. And then we would get in the room, he would start playing some rap music and then we'd be like, all right, now we're good now. We're good, you know? <laughs> and go right back into it again. I know that was probably, I don't know, Anthony, if that happened to you at all. At Rutgers, were any roommates that, that happened to you? I don't know if that happened to you at all. Uh. I mean, I I was fortunate. My roommate was a 184 pounder, so we did. We were able oh, to okay, just okay, okay, we could okay. just talk. We could de-stress a little bit after practice, just kind of talk about our bumps or if we were doing well or whatnot. Nice. I nice. wrestled my roommate off twice. Really? The worst. Wow. Yeah, it was bad. But whatever. It's all part of it. Well, in high, in nice. high school, yeah. That Thanks for having me, man. I gotta get to, I gotta go to do a virtual private. That's what that's what we gotta do these days. Virtual private. Uh, yeah. Gotta keep it going, bro. Gotta around. keep it together. Keep the I'm, wheels turning. I'm practicing the social distancing really good. All right. So I'm trying to stay good. good <laughs> but definitely go on my Instagram, Cordova Trained Wrestling. Uh, we'll be there next week. And hopefully you guys are viewing and uh, I'll be watching the rest of your interview. 
Good job, guys. Yep. Cool, man. Thanks, Cordova. We'll talk to you, buddy. Yep. That dude's yeah. killing it, man. Those, those, these club coaches are getting so darn good and just so much more advanced. I, I always say I never really had that. We had Miles Hahn. The Hammer Wrestling Club was a brand new thing. When we got back from college, Vinny started doing shore thing. But these guys are so darn good at what they do. And, you know, just in our area where you live now, right, Belmar, uh, it's but the scary, shore, it's got three or four major, major clubs. Uh, and yeah. these guys are all super good in there. They all try to do more than the other and they're trying to outwork each other. And it's just, it's awesome. It's great. Yeah, for wrestling. Recently, I just heard uh, Nick Roy triumph. They got Ryan Preach is living in Asbury. He's up in there. A couple uh, of I saw him there. Yeah. Like all, all these kids, especially Jersey PA, we're getting more and more all Americans each year. Kids that want to stay involved with wrestling. So it's going to be uh it's even going to be a more upward trend. I feel like guys coming back that aren't trying to coach in college or compete anymore, but just still want to give back and get to a local club or a high school or something in that nature. And it's cool to see, man. I didn't know, like, it's crazy. I had no clue that's going on. Like he's getting yeah. there. But not that I should know, but it's just like 10 minutes from my house. You know, I, yeah. I would never expect that. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's it is, it's, there's two ways to look at it and we'll, we'll shut this down now because it is definitely getting late. Um, we don't want to wear on a welcome. We want to come back next week. So, but it's, it's two, two pronged thought, right? If you have a wrestling club and it's becomes a year round becomes specialized, it takes away from the football player, right? I think of my son, he loved football and baseball. He didn't want to wrestle all year round. And these kids are at club that he grew up wrestling with started beating them pretty good. And he's like, I ain't going to do that. These guys are killing me. So now you start getting embarrassed about losing, but he's in the football and baseball. So he chose that path. So it's kind of a two-pronged thing. It's great to have, uh, but then it be really becomes specialized, just like anything else. Yeah. Um, we got a comment. I, I'm kind of curious, too. Most college programs work at a deficit during athletics. So why would why would budgets get cut if we didn't have seasons? Shouldn't we have uh, more? Shouldn't we have more? I would say – well, I would say off the top of your – off the top of my head, your budget – and losing money, a lot of getting money is from your donors, right? Are they given right now? Probably not. Uh, your football season, right? Your football program should run the show, right? It generates the most money. Um, TV rights, all that stuff is not coming in. So, you know, there's a lot of reasons what runs your budget. So I could tell you this, they didn't have a spring sport. Um, they're going to bring spring athletes back. It's going to cost Ohio State $2.3 million to do that. They're bringing their, that's a lot of money. They're bringing them back for what next season? Yeah, so you're going to get another. You're going to get another season, right? Though the people lost a year, they're going to get another year. It's going to take them. It's going to be cost them two point three million dollars at Ohio State. They could probably handle that. Maybe yeah, they're what, struggling. What did, what did they save from not having to travel for their? Yeah, schedule? They, they saved a lot of money on that. But where do you lose some money? So think yeah. about think about the freshmen who are living in the dorms. And they gave a stat on Rutgers. They gave the number at Rutgers. And again, I don't want to be uneducated sending a new, sending out a number that isn't accurate, but all those kids got to get money back. My daughter is going to get money back because she didn't eat the meal plan. She didn't live in the dorms. So you're going to get a ton of money. It's got to go back to these students. So think about all that money you get from somebody going to school. You're not getting all that money now. That's how yeah. these, that's how an athletic departments run. So I know, yeah, you're not traveling the, the lacrosse team isn't traveling. Why are they wasting money? Well, the money they're getting in comes from a lot of different avenues, you know, 
enrollment is one. Donors are another. You know, we're losing major, major gifts just from a wrestling standpoint. I can only imagine, you know, just people can't afford it right now because of everything going on. So there's a lot to it that, again, I'm not super educated on, but that's where a lot. Think about it, how much money you're losing. Olympic sports lose money. They ain't going to hurt the football program, right? Yeah. They're going to, it's going to get hurt in Olympic sports. Right. So, right. Unfortunately. Yeah. All right, brother. Yeah. Let's, uh, well, let's enjoy the weekend, right? Yeah. Had a good time again, man. It's a uh, good thing going. We got to, I don't know. It's going to be hard, man. Going for, uh, for Todd Frazier, Frankie Egger. It's like, we're going to, we're going to have to go back down soon. Like, <laughs> can't keep going up from there. I know. It's going to be hard, especially with what we're involved in. But maybe, uh, I don't know, maybe we make we uh, reach out to a major coach or something. Maybe we get yeah. – see if we can get Shadow. Maybe we can yeah, even get – Rutgers football coach answers. Yeah, maybe he'll answer me back here pretty quickly. So, <laughs> <laughs> but if not, maybe we'll just call some guys to call in like Cordoba. That was pretty cool. Do a yeah. little bit of that. Maybe even get one of the athletes on here. For sure. All right. Take care, man. Say hello to family. I'm sure I'll be in touch with you pretty soon. Sounds good. Tell everyone I said hello. All right, brother. See ya.